Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 109, March 1st, 2019. It was 32 below on this day in 1962. Man, that was a cold spring. And 59 degrees as recently as 1990. And now... From the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Souchere. I used to think it was over in March. I, I, March to me was a the finish a month line. That, uh, nothing bothered me in March because mm-hmm. I knew it was over. You let a lot go in March. I remember that. No, but now you can't. No, no, absolutely. The, not. the record for today was March first, nineteen ninety. Was it was damn near sixty degrees. Oh. We're we're uh, we're uh, we're getting another snowfall right now here in uh, Gumption County, followed by a. Brisk, cool. Pattern. Well, the high Sunday of two. Yeah, a record low high. Record low high. Got it. A record low. Who benefits? Uh, the ski, the ski places. They're happy. I guess the snowmobile uh, dealers are happy, and the uh, ice skiers are happy, and the uh, ice fishers are happy. Fratellonis. Fratelloni just took in a new big supply of snowblowers. If I go down to that Play-Doh store and have to drop. Forty more dollars. I mean, I've basically um, supplied the Fratelloni family with uh, living for the past three weeks because I can't. I've got to go down there and get stuff every single week. Speaking of that, where is it? So I'm happy that he's there. Uh, Thanks, Larry, Tom, Mike. Uh, we have two winter-related. Here it is. Uh, uh, Phil writes, uh, my friend, uh, uh, my friends were having a discussion that I feel is perfect for the guys at the Knack Hardware and Lounge. Do I own a snow thrower or a snow blower? What's the difference? My friend contends I own a machine that gathers snow and throws it over the snowbank. Hmm. A snow thrower would use air pressure to move snow like a leaf blower. I say snow blower. It's made by Toro and sold at Fratelloni's. A snow thrower is a brat who hides behind a tree and throws balls of white stuff at my car. <laughs> I'm going to go with snow blower, even though technically it doesn't blow anything. It does throw it. It tosses it. Hmm. It misdirects it. I have an odd snow blower question. Maybe I'll stop uh, on my way home I know where, uh, and, and ask somebody. Picture the snow coming out of the chute of my snowblower. Yep. Right? Got it. On the back side of the chute, there's as almost as much snow going on the other side of the snowblower. 
Like there's a gap there that uh, yeah. either I'm missing something or uh, uh, or I, I I got a bum machine maybe. Not as much as be. I'm throwing a lot of snow. Yep. But on the backside of the chute, uh, there's a steady stream of snow that does come out. So you would be like leaving cornrows up and down the driveway when you're doing the doing the show. What uh, a, the snow blowing. What about? Get, get what I'm doing? Yeah, I can about? picture that in my mind's eye. What I wonder if. Do you have the rubber, um, not straps, stoppers, or maybe there's a That's worn a, out? It's a Toro. It's a, it's only a year old. Oh, then it for sure wouldn't. I, I, I do. I have to go in there with duct tape and patch that up. I wonder. Uh, you might have to. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go with this guy. He said he has a snow blower. I'm going to go with that too. Should I make a call? To who? Our guy. Frataloni. Do you want to find out? Hell call him. Call him. All right, I'm going to call yeah. him right now. In the meantime, uh, 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 Gary writes, I need a mayoral ruling. At what point this spring can I stop practicing space management? The banks are getting too high. I'm at a point where I am struggling to throw the snow much higher. I understand the importance of space management and need your official ruling. Well, you got to manage this today, right? You have to. There's no way because it's you don't know what's coming in March. Also, here's a ray of hope for you. I was down visiting my daughter, Gretchen. I know Gretchen. I golfed with her a few years ago. Mm. In Charlotte, we decided to take the two-hour drive over to Pinehurst to play a round of golf. Before we started, I told her about the new podcast and said, you've got to hear this bit Rookie did as Saul. We both got a chuckle out of it. She commented, I sure miss listening to him, but with the podcast, I can now listen on my drive home from work. After it finished, I started to turn it off, and she said, leave it on. We listened to podcasts for the entire drive over to Pinehurst from Charlotte, two hours. After we finished and got in the car for the trip home, she said, put Garage Logic on, and we listened to it the entire drive home. I ask you to say hi to my brother, Brian, another faithful listener in Louisville, Kentucky. We don't do hi. We don't do that. Brian, I'm sorry. We're not going to say hi to you. Well, to answer, I'm going to give you a mayoral ruling. Uh, We are in no position yet to give up. You're darn too. We're just not. There's, there's, there's. Who's on the line? Mike. Michael Fratelloni is on the line, sir. Mike. Hi, Joe. Picture, picture. Uh, it's a Toro. Uh, yeah. Single stage. I, I'm. Picture the snow. Hold on. Pause. Mike, you're on the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yes. Yep. <laughs> what the hell? Damn it. <laughs> okay. Picture the snow being shot out the chute mm-hmm. on the backside. Uh, there's a steady stream of snow that's getting left on the driveway. Yes. Why? What, what? Because you're, you're asking the machine to do too much with a single stage. Oh. So you have to take it as small bites, right? Double yeah. stages can take it all at once. Yeah. Single stages, you kind of just go in and back, and, and it's actually kind of designed that way so it doesn't overpower the auger so you can still uh, kind of go forward. Can I, can I plug up the gap, or would that screw up the machine? That would screw up the machine. That's over-engineering it. That's making it work at more inefficient instead of efficient. All right. Very good ruling. Thank you, sir. Now, ask, him about the, uh, ask him about the email. Is it a snow thrower? The email that Are the they snow has. throwers or snow blowers? I think I'm sticking with snow blowers. So am I. All right. All right. Thank All right. you. Hang on before you go, and before I <laughs> drop 50 bucks at the Play-Doh store again. Yes. Um, the you've never spent fifty dollars. You might spend fifty dollars <laughs> on makeup for your wife, but you've never spent fifty dollars at a hardware store. You know, ever. I, I can verify that because when I left, the guy recognized my Ace Rewards, and he said you were just talking about chicken, uh, chicken grit. But nice. okay, the salt pellets they work wonderfully, but I'm in deep. So for the first time in my life, I went to Walgreens and bought pantyhose today. 
Okay. Okay, I didn't feel creepy at all. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send out a picture of what I chose to a, a nice uh Is this a support gonna take top. Long? Yes. What can I put in there? Salt. Regular salt and just throw it on the do I throw it on the ice or do I throw it behind the ice? On the you ice. wanna throw it perpendicular to your gutter. So you create a rivulet of melting snow. You, you don't are. lay it in there parallel, you lay it across. Yeah. Here's the you need gutter. to have that. Well, here's here's I'm getting, being shown a diagram. It goes like that. Like a T. Yep. Okay, yep. so put it. Just draw a T for it. I just drew a T for it. Put it on the edge then where, where it goes Don't over the gutter. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. It's not that right. complicated. Mike, thank and you. And then, wait, what kind thank of pumps guys. also go with those nylons? <laughs> Jeez. Anything you wear will look great on your leg. Yeah. Thank you, dear. Thanks, Mike. Uh-huh. Yeah. I went to Walgreens and bought Just think if he was paying for advertising. I know. Wow. Right. Jesus. Uh, the table talk with rookies families got him lined up. Good. See, uh, I've done my best. There you go, boss. You got those kind, huh? Yeah. You mean to tell me? <laughs> wait a minute. You you mean to tell me that at your house yep. there isn't an old pair of uh, stockings you could have pilfered? Have three women at your home. Yeah, I was too afraid to ask. <laughs> Oh, for I didn't sakes. know how to. I'd be more afraid to go into Walgreens and buy the damn things. Okay, well, let me tell. This is how it played I'll out. I have a comb and <laughs> uh, bottle of old Harper. Some I need some M&M old peanuts. M&M's peanuts, a pack of gum, some old Harper, and uh, yes, those things. Um, when I came home and declared that this oh is the first time for me, and pulled the pantyhose out, yeah. oh I got a, a, a double take look. She said. For a split second there, I thought you were saying you were going to wear these. Oh, my God. I'd there like to really do the show now. Oh. There we go. Okay. Yep. I've done my best to avoid talking about Alexandria Occasional Cortex. Yes. Uh, because my, my intuition was that she's just one of, what, 405 or 435 or whatever it is. And she is getting way too much attention. But uh, Tim Burke sent me an email. I love when our emailers do our work for us. I do, too. Uh, He contends that uh, Occasional Cortex is the most overhyped politician ever, and he's got numbers to back this up. This is astonishing to me. And this this corroborates my idea to leave her alone and ignore her. But she won't be ignored because she fits the template of most news gathering organizations. Yeah, the national media will yeah. not avoid her. But listen, right. to, well, listen to what he found out. The press celebrated uh, occasional Cortex's win over the incumbent in a Democratic primary as proof that she is some sort of unstoppable political juggernaut. But I never saw any mention of how many votes she actually received. So I looked it up. It turns out that she received 15,897 votes in a congressional district with a population of over 700,000. Her opponent received 11,761 votes. That pathetic voter turnout was one of the lowest of any congressional districts in 2018. She went on to win the general election in a district that is overwhelmingly Democratic. Uh, Occasional Cortex is an extremist within her own party who was able to win a primary where most voters didn't bother to show up. Then he mentions uh, Dean Phillips here got 56,667 votes, three and a half times as many votes as uh, Cortez uh, or uh, Cortex. Where has he been? Uh, uh, Who? Dean. He's laying low, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, 
Political pundits need to learn the difference between a candidate who appeals to journalists and a candidate who appeals to the electorate at large. Well, that's not going to happen, is it? What was the number again, Joe? The, she got, she's state? in a congressional district in New York of 700,000 people. She got 15,000 uh, 15, 897 votes, and her opponent got 11,761 votes. So in other words, nobody voted in that primary. And then she went on, uh, was that in the primary? So that was less than 30,000 people in a 700,000 population. Because then she went on to win in the general election. Wow. And then here's a great shirt that's going around the interwebs. MAGA, make Alexandria go away. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I don't want, I've I've done my best to not mention her, but she's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The latest, and this is according to the New York Daily News, which uh, finds her in favor. They're they're, uh, completely uh, surrendered to a leftist agenda at the New York Daily News. Uh, She is now privately warning uh, Democratic Congress people that they'll be on a hit list uh, to be defeated in primary challenges in 2020 if they keep voting with Republicans. That's unbelievable. So she's aggressively saying, you better do, uh, do, don't do what you want, do what I want you to. Corbin Trent, the communications director for Occasional Cortex, said the 29-year-old New York congresswoman lobbed the veiled threat during a closed-door caucus meeting while criticizing the 26 centrist Democrats who voted in favor of adding a Republican amendment to the gun control bill passed by the House this week. She said they're putting themselves on a list for Republicans and progressive activists to target. The gun control bill, which breezed through the democratically controlled House on Wednesday, but is unlikely to succeed in the GOP-controlled Senate, mandates all gun purchasers undergo federal background checks before they can obtain weapons. Uh, Okay. Uh, With Democratic help, the House Republicans were able to tuck a provision into the bill requiring immigration authorities be alerted if undocumented immigrants try to buy a gun. Uh, Trent said the amendment endangers immigrants and faulted the moderate Democrats for for enabling it. In other words, Cortez is really throwing her weight around. And she's saying to centrists who have had the audacity to work across the aisle, uh-uh, 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 we'll watch for you. We'll put you on a list. Well, and did you see Pelosi's quote, too, in regards to the same story? She said, get on board. We're on a team. What, what? Isn't the whole idea to be able to work across party lines for both sides of the aisle it's pretty gone isn't this it? is this does, she, does the american public realize how dangerous this woman is does the american public realize anything about how that's dangerous what i'm afraid our of political process has become with the likes of this keep that in mind people i'm doing i don't want to talk about her but we're forced to but she got fifteen thousand eight hundred votes fifteen thousand eight hundred votes she represents nothing Right. Well, she represents her district because nobody turned out to vote. Mm-hmm. She beat she, old Joe Crowley. She used the word hit list. No, it I was me. Oh, that was you that I said, said that. But I, that's, okay. that's, it's tantamount to saying I'm mm-hmm. putting you on a hit list. That's, those are my words, not hers. Oh, God. It's the same. It's, you know, close enough. Sure. Close enough. It's just amazing. Uh, I'm going to tell you something even more amazing when at last we return. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. We are coming up on St. Patrick's Day. You know, the luck of the Irish. Well, 
Do you have only one agent representing one company for your home and auto insurance? Then you're trying to get lucky. At the Canopy Group, we wish you only the best of luck. But we also believe you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. You need to rely on a process. The Canopy Group has 20 agents and 16 companies. Their process carefully selects from their 16 companies the best coverage at the best price for your personal insurance needs. No luck, just a disciplined and dedicated process to serving you each and every year. Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $600. Contact the Canopy Group today at 800-967-3389 or visit them online at thecanopygroup.com. You cannot stop him. You just make a move. Joe Suchere. With a beer on the center console, Wisconsin driver gets at least 10th DWI. Oh, oh my God. I only, I don't want to talk about it, and I'm not going to. I only printed this from, from the Pioneer Press for one reason. Wait, 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 wait. Ooh, Just ooh, a minute. Ooh. Oh, It's an Associated Press piece. Why did I print this? Go ahead, you in the back. You in the back. Because you wanted to know what he was drinking. That's right. Oh, I wanted to know if that would have been reported. Oh, I see. And it was not. But, you know, the more I got to thinking about it, it was probably a standard AP check of a police log, and uh, nobody bothered to tell us what kind of beer it was. What are you picturing in the old console? Uh, I'm going low shelf. I'm I'm going tall, Miller, tall paps, maybe. probably. Champagne of beers? Yeah. High life? Little high life? All right. Uh, we're talking about our political process and its problems. Joe Biden called Mike Pence a decent guy on huh. Twitter. Call him a decent guy. All right. And he's now walking that back because of the crap he took on Jesus. Twitter from people who said you can't call him decent. Oh my God. What are we living I'm in? I'm not making this what up. What are we living in? I would call Joe Biden a decent guy. In the most recent example of the death of civility in politics, uh, former Vice President Biden uh, called Mike Pence a decent guy. That's it. Decent. That's probably the most lukewarm compliment that can be paid to another person. (laughs) Biden's reference to Pence came Thursday. That would be yesterday, Feb 28, at the Forum in Global Leadership at the University of Nebraska-Omaha. Biden and Pence have been friendly with one another for quite some time, but in 2019 politics, that sort of bipartisan politeness is apparently unacceptable. Well, look what occasional Cortex just did. Right. Threaten her own party members right. with, with primary challenges if they don't toe the line. Uh, Biden was quickly attacked by people who accused him of supporting an anti-LGBTQ figure in Pence. You've just called America's most anti-LBGT elected leader a decent guy, said former New York gubernatorial candidate Cynthia Nixon to Biden on Twitter. Please consider, you, you were too premature with that, please consider how this falls on the ears of our community. And this word I can't say, Biden, did not have the cojones oh. to stand up to this actress who's running for governor. 
and it has been. You're right, Cynthia, Biden replied. Oh my God. I was making a point in a foreign policy context that under normal circumstances, a vice president wouldn't be given a silent reaction on the world stage. But there is nothing decent about being anti-LGBTQQQQQQQ rights, oh. and that includes the vice president. Well, you know why he did that. I think it's despicable, running, but you know running, why he did running, it. Running, running, yeah. running, running, running. Exactly. Pence is often targeted by liberal voters and political and politicians as anti-gender and sexuality and whatever. But uh, Biden has been able to maintain a positive relationship with Pence despite their ideological uh, disagreements. But for some Democrats, that sort of uh, friendliness is disqualifying. Nothing better exemplifies why Joe Biden has zero chance of winning the Democratic primary, wrote one user. Sorry, Joe, this is disturbing and disqualifying, wrote another. Uh, I hope you're willing to go out and campaign hard for the Democratic nominee. Uh, Biden's incident wasn't the only example of a liberal group getting chastised for being nice to someone across the aisle. CNN's Van Jones spoke at a CPAC about criminal justice reform, giving credit to conservatives for spearheading the effort to that led to the first step, first step act. Liberals were not pleased and went after Jones on Twitter. I, I, I find uh, Twitter to be the foul death of our our culture. <laughs> Imagine this: Biden is responding to anonymous. People, uh, he didn't have the the cojones to either not say anything, which right? is what he should have done, or or to say, "Look, you think what you want to think." I I've known Mike Pence for a long time. We might have some ideological differences, but I think he's a decent guy. Period. Well, he didn't it. have he didn't have the strength to do that. Uh, what's the next step? There is none. But, There's but no next. Do step. the role reversal here. If Pence calls Biden, yeah, he's a pretty good guy. There is no public outcry. There is no, no, no right, Republicans Cynthia Nixon type that's right. going to go right. after. That doesn't happen. When did we get here? My God. Well, have you we been, are have so you been, screwed Have you up? been attending your classes at the I, University of Garage Logic? This is Podcast 109. I know. That was preceded by years and years of uh, radio lessons I know. at the University of Garage Logic. Home. Of the fighting stogies. I know. And that even starts at Garage Logic High School, home of the fighting wrenches. Uh, this is going to be exhausting. This this next, I would say these next two election cycles. Well, uh, they're going to be horrid. The off-presidential and the, the presidential are going to be absolutely um, insane. It'll be, it'll be good for the podcast because we'll get to talk about all these knuckleheads. I have a thought. Are I have we, a thought too. Are we go gonna ahead. are we gonna get to the point where the the rise of the neutral is gonna become not only necessary but more prevalent than ever? I mean middle of the roaders? Middle of the road people, where there's gonna be just a third class that's gonna ascend because people are so tired of this nonsense. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I well, why? Wish I'm that curious. Was the case. I'm curious why you don't think uh, so. The country's divided uh, almost equally between the right and the left. And third parties uh, historically have had no traction whatsoever. Just hasn't happened. But I think there are there are so many people now that look at how divided we are that are tired of this. Well, look at AOC. She's she's pointing fingers and and th- with threats saying you you can't you can't. And then Cynthia Nixon. Oh, don't say he's a decent guy. Joe Biden backpedaling. It's mm-hmm. it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, just a minute. If it ever gets better. 
But you're right. There is no Republican equivalent. Rush Limbaugh, uh, uh, Sean Hannity wouldn't say, uh, you can't say that Biden is a decent guy. That's that's horrible. Here's another example of how uh, how much trouble we're in. May I have the uh, Ilhan Omer update theme, please? Is that ready to go or is that found easily? Yes, the uh, Ilhan, uh, Ilhan Omer. Omer update. It's a brand new one. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new one. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. I see a jalopy going down the street <laughs> full of clowns. I wish it was that funny. Yeah. Representative Ilhan Omar said in an interview that she absolutely did not support Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guaido and that she thought that the aid that the United States was sending into that country was a pretext for an eventual military invasion of Venezuela. She is complaining that America tried to get food and medicine to people who the dictator Maduro is starving to death. She complains. I'm convinced that she hates this country. She hates what it stands for. She hates what it represents. I'm convinced she's a hateful woman. I really am. Venezuela's current leader, Maduro, was reelected in 2018 with 68% of the vote in what was largely condemned by the international community as a fraudulent election. Under his leadership, the economy of Venezuela has spiraled out of control. Venezuelans are eating garbage in order to live. As the leader of the National Assembly, Guaido declared himself to be a legal interim president according to the guidelines laid out in the Venezuelan Constitution. The United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, and most of, South, most of South America and Europe have thrown their support behind Guaido and recognize him as the rightful leader of the country. Russia and China support Maduro's regime, while oh, really? Mexico, Uruguay, and Vatican City have all called for a dialogue between the two sides. The U.S., Brazil, and Colombia recently tried to send supplies to the starving Venezuelan people. Soldiers loyal to Maduro have violently uh, fired on these aid shipments from en- uh, to keep them from entering the country. Prominent Democrats, including Speaker of the House Pelosi, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, and former VP Joe Biden, have joined the Trump administration in expressing their support for Guaido. Pelosi even met with an ambassador representing Guaido. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think that's right. On January 13th, Omar said the Constitution of Venezuela says there needs to be an election call within 30 days. And we're waiting for that to happen. What we should be involved in is having diplomatic conversations and bringing people to the table and being a partner in facilitating that. But we are threatening. We are threatening intervention. We're sending humanitarian aid that is in the guise of, you know, eventually invading this country and the people of the country don't want us there. Asked if she joined the U.S. Asked if she joined the U.S. government in supporting Guaido. She replied, absolutely not. Wow. This woman is hateful. Why did she leave her own country? What happened? What was the story well, she got lucky Immigrants. To, she and... got lucky to get out. Okay, because there was somebody in power that was oppressing people and not allowing them to live as they wanted to. You're on the verge of a deep thought, I can tell. Oh, I'm just... That was a burp. No, it wasn't. How long will she go unchecked? How long will Ilhan Omar be able to make these 
outrageous statements before, well, maybe, what, two years, year and a half? What do we have left? Before the people in Minneapolis, who dine in Golden Valley, wake up and say, uh, we did wrong. She would sooner deny starving children food than, than get on board with an international community that has... Those are some pretty middle-of-the-road uh, countries. What did you say? U.K., Canada, the U.S. Brazil, most of South America. Colombia. She'd rather prevent starving children from getting food and medicine than to, be, than to appear to agree with anything Trump is up to. That's... And she, she represents Minnesota, and we have among us the, the uneducated fools who find her refreshing. If, Fresh new face. If yep. she took mental inventory of Schumer and Pelosi, uh, uh, reluctantly, but but albeit wisely, how could anyone be reluctant in trying to get children some food? But I, I'm saying to to pair with President Trump, they had to, that had to hurt them. But in the interest of children and families, they realized this is bigger than our bickering. Uh, Ilhan Omar has chose bickering rather than feeding the starving children. I don't think I'm out of line to suspect highly that she is spiteful of this country. I don't disagree with that. I would agree. Yep. And we don't even need to go into the soliloquy about this is the country that gave you a chance. This is the country that that voted for that you, that saved your life, and, mm-hmm. and turned turned you uh, your life into a life of promise and achievement and success. Uh, and you are spiteful. You are spiteful. It's just, it's a sad, sad note. Uh, let me get back to Cortex. I don't know that she hates capitalism. That's tantamount to hating the country. I wouldn't be surprised if Ilhan Omar also hates capitalism. Mm-hmm. That would just add to her spitefulness in her regards to this country. How can anyone applaud her from backing a murdering dictator who is starving his people? I don't know. Aid. How can you do that? Aid. They're giving them aid. No, they, his soldiers prevented that aid from reaching the people who needed it. And she is saying that our attempt to bring that aid was merely a, a, a front for invading the country. Mm-hmm. I don't sense that we're trying to invade Venezuela. We no. don't need to. No. We don't want to. We don't want the problem. But there is some compassion there. Not, not all of it directed from Trump, but it is the, it's in the American nature. To, to provide compassion yes. right. and to help. And here comes the trucks full of food and, and medicine launched from Columbia, only to have those trucks shot at and only to have a United States congresswoman insist that that delivery of aid was merely a pretext for invading Venezuela. So she'd rather starve children. Yep. She would rather starve children than be seen as anyone who has agreed with United States activities abroad. The people that... To which she only views as imperialistic intrusion. Mm. We don't... Ilhan, we're not going to invade Venezuela. We don't want it. We're good. We're fine. We should have some better escorts, though, huh? 
for that aid and just fire on these guys and say, yeah, we're, yeah, sorry. But it would take military invasion to in order to get that done, and that's probably what they want to avoid. That would be my guess. You got to get a, you have I to, might be naive to, to hold out hope that enough of the people that voted for this woman are going to wise up in a couple of years. I think you're terribly naive. <sighs> terribly naive. But, but because she, along with Alexandria, have become the media darlings, enough of this stuff has gotten out. And maybe it's just because the people in this room, we pay attention to this far more than the average voter. But enough of this stuff has surfaced where I think there's already regret on some of the people that voted for her. Well, let's think about her constituency. You can wrap up Ilhan Omar in one sentence. She would be of the template where success is purely and only an example of privilege and failure is purely and only an example of oppression. So you've got people in her district who would who buy that template that failure is not their fault. Failure is the result of oppression. And anyone who succeeds, that's only the result of privilege. Not hard work. No, not, not, yeah. not hard work, competence, entrepreneurial. Uh, uh, she, like occasional cortex, is opposed to capitalism. That's tantamount to hating America. Because she sells the idea that failure is the result of oppression, success is the result of privilege, I'm there to attack the privileged. That appeals That appeals to wow. many people. That appeals to many people who can make themselves believe that that's exactly what's happened to them in their own life. In Richfield, Crystal, Robbinsdale, Golden Valley, New Hope, Fridley, St. Louis Park, I, I I don't get it. Seven hundred eight thousand people. Well, and it's a pretty sixty seven percent white, sixteen percent black, six percent Asian. Sixty three thousand dollar median income. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> we got that going for us. Who, who's going to defeat her? Bring back Phyllis. Yeah, not. Uh, the likes of Jennifer, Jennifer Zelensky, who gave it a good effort, but uh, you need a bigger name. And but the, look at nobody who would want to run. Who wants to run and be put through that scrutiny? The Republican candidate Jennifer Zelensky received seventy four thousand four hundred forty votes. Ilhan Omer got two hundred sixty seven thousand seven hundred three votes. Seventy eight percent of the uh, voters in uh, the fifth district voted for a woman who does not like the United States. That's a pretty good turnout, and too. And she's for, making that clear by her actions. She is. And, and her continued actions. Look, look, look at all the scrutiny she's already been under just from being on social media. Mm-hmm. And the only things that are surfacing. Imagine everything else we're not aware of. Well, I guarantee you, somebody was assigned to attach themselves to her to prevent her from tweeting her support for the Alabama terrorist woman who wants back in the United States. I guarantee you they got to her and made her realize you can't tweet that. You go ahead and tweet that you think that the U.S. is trying to invade Venezuela. We'll we'll give you that one. But don't you dare tweet that you're in support of the woman who went off and became a jihadist and married the terrorist and now wants back because she saw the error of her ways. I guarantee you somebody Mm -hmm. is in charge daily of preventing her from that tweet. You're right. Because that would be, that would be the last straw, wouldn't it? 
well, I've my last straw has come and gone many times. I, I don't know that that would be the last straw for the people who voted for. But that fifth district, I mean, even the presidency, they're, they're a whole bunch of Democrats. But not all Democrats are like, I know many Democrats or DFLers who uh, still aren't as far as left as Ilhan Omar or uh, Cortez. Right. Cortez. And, and are, have common sense. And I don't understand why. I mean, Marty Sable was the guy there for how many decades? And then when he left, Keith Ellison. The closer Ellison. you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely you are to be represented by Mysterians. Mysterians want a country that is not the United States you know. And they can bring that about. They're bringing it about slowly but surely. And remember, their ultimate goal is to tear up the Constitution, create a new one to their liking, and then have a country that is not the United States. You know, one size uh, rarely fits anyone. That's why Federated Insurance tailors the insurance coverage your business needs. They customize it. They offer property and casualty, life and disability income insurance to businesses in select industries. Their marketing reps are the best in the business because they get to know you, they get to know your operations, and there comes the customization. Is driving a significant part of your business? They'll talk to you about auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack? Boy, I sure as hell would be. You might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Didn't I do that? Yeah. 15 times? Do we have Pat today? Yes, sir. That's what I wanted to know. It's a cool day in the fort. Pat Roycey. Coming up. A cool day in the fort. What is it, about 75? Well, I just saw the picture from a, a gentleman attending, and it looked cloudy. Yeah. yeah. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts Turn and that bolts up. of life. Joe Suchere. Is this Dylan? Dylan Hyde? Yeah. Yes, bro. This is fantastic. How do we encourage him to do another 12? I already did. In fact, I uh, said there might be a little something in it for you. There, that's how you do it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a talented kid. There's no question about or that. Or as Kenny likes to say, John, how does it make you feel to realize your kid's a much better <laughs> guitar player than you are? <laughs> Knowing Johnny, he's proud of that. I don't think Dylan's better. I think they're both marvelous. I think Dylan's better. You really do? But. Don't they like separate? Doesn't Dylan Height like more rock and roll and Johnny Johnny's likes more, more jazzy bluesy or bluesy? Yeah, yeah. They, but you're right. They, they are both play. very good. I they wish I could play. Don't you wish you could play? Yep. You're, uh, you, you, you guys know how much I love the Royals, the British yeah. Royals. Yeah, I, sure I, I, I yeah. allow them to amuse me, right? I'm yep. done with them. Yeah. Oh, I'm done. Right. I'm, I'm done. No. I'm What's done. the latest? I'm done. The latest? Uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry will reportedly raise their baby gender fluid. And won't impose stereotypes on it. Fail. They're, I'm done with them. I'm done with the royals. Wait till Prince Philip gets word of that. He'll probably have He'll, some words for him. A source close to the couple told Vanity Fair that Meghan Markle, 37, was telling guests at her recent New York baby shower that she would raise their baby in a fluid way. Uh, she was talking openly about it, said one source. What does that mean, a fluid way? Uh, I, I don't know. If it, what What... 
the Garage Logic official position is there's two genes. What are those genes? X and Y. No, oh, no. Uh, vroom and purse. Exactly. Yeah. And so that child decides right away, I'm the vroom gene or the gals or the purse gene. You get a couple crossovers every once in a that's, while. And if that Just happens, that's life. Right. That's fine. Right. But uh, this it, sounds like they're going to be proactively prompting the child uh, to... Uh, proactive. Yeah. Proactively prompting the child to... Uh, uh, what? I have no, I don't that's, care. I don't care. I'm done with them. Right. I'm done with the Royals. That's I'm done. the wrong way to do it. If if Jenny likes to have the uh, vroom gene, so be it. She wants to play Tonka trucks. That's fine. But let it happen naturally. Don't try to keep everything vanilla and I try got, to manipulate. I got little girls who have cars. Well, yeah, but cars there's, there's all sorts who of... Who cares? Everybody's different, right? Yeah. You know, it's a shame. I'm done with the Royals. It's a shame, too, because Markle struck me as... Someone that was normal. Oh, no, never. I've been worried really? about it from day one. She strikes me as a gold digger. There's a difference between being a royal and being a celebrity, and she wants to be a celebrity. Ooh. Uh-huh. I study my royals. Yeah, I know do. my I, royals. I, 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 always... I know my royals. They all go back to some German ancestry. <laughs> uh, they, uh, she's she's a, a, a... Plus, never let her lecture you. About the climate. Oh, of course not. She just had this five-day shower at a $200,000 penthouse in New York, and she was flown to and from it in a private jet. Don't Ooh. You don't get to lecture anybody, no. Meghan Markle. No. Oh. No. I'm done with them. Done. Done. That's, done. You know what that is? That's disheartening. You know what it is? Dispiriting. Mm. Do you think that will stay? Off-putting. That, I don't think that can stand with this. the, the, new, the new royals. Um that by tradition, they're masculine and feminine. You need to save that, Joe, again, and bring it up in a couple of minutes when we talk to Pat. Because Pat, when when we were Pat going... Pat loves the Royals. He, and he, he loves Markle. Oh, he loves Megan Markle. I think she is a fraud. But this will make him turn if he finds this out. Woman upset with failed St. Paul ATM transaction whacks the machine with a golf club, police say. St. <laughs> Paul Pioneer Press. I'm only bringing this up for one reason. Let's see if you can imagine what that reason is. All right. I'm paying attention now. When a woman couldn't get money out of a St. Paul ATM, she was so teed off. Get it? (laughs) Well, this is Mara Godfrey. She can write. She was so teed off, she took a golf club to the machine. It happened in the middle of the night Wednesday, and police were called to the bank after an employee was alerted about the damaged ATM in the morning, but the woman's identity was not a mystery. Her failed ATM transaction revealed her name. Plus, there was surveillance video of her, said Steve Linders, a St. Paul police spokesman. Police said Thursday their investigation continues and they had not yet arrested the woman. Surveillance cameras showed a woman trying to use a drive-up ATM on Wednesday about 2.15 a.m. at the Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union on Lafayette Road just off U.S. 52 near Plato. She then exited her sport utility vehicle and walked up to the cash machine. She swung a golf club at it but slipped. Linder said. Next, she steadied herself, swung again, and connected. The machine screen was damaged, requiring about two grand to repair. Okay. What am I wondering? Um, you always go first. I know. Let rookie go first because I think I got it. What time was it at? Two fifteen a.m. Okay. Why are you getting money out at two fifteen a.m.? It's not what I was wondering. Damn it! You want to know what golf club it was. Not only do I want to know what golf club it what was. What kind of Like, no. was it the putter? Was it the no, driver? No. Oh. It's the dead of winter. 
Was it in your trunk? What? What? You didn't put your clubs <laughs> away from last September? <laughs> what kind of club? Why you did see? you? A and rusty, plus, uh... I'm unclear. I'm unclear. Did she? Was the transaction failed? And then she went to the car to grab a club, and then came back and hit the ATM. That, that must be have my been guess, it. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't walk up to an ATM frustrated already with a golf club. That's what I was wondering. You You think she brought the club with her to do the transaction? (laughs) I really don't. And you go, did she say, I really don't like this club. I'm going to use this one to bash the uh, ATM in. All right. Uh, All right. Let's, you know what we're going to do? I want to join Pat. Let's go down south. A little cool in the fort today, according to Pat. Hey, Pat. Yes, Joe. I'm done with the royals. You know, I've always been amused by the British royalty. I've, I follow their documentaries, oh. and I love the Queen's Christmas message when she cracks a smile, but I'm done with them. Done! What happened? What Harry happened? and Meghan plan to raise their baby in a gender-fluid way and not impose any stereotypes on the child. I'm done! I'm done with them! Well, if it's a girl, that'll help her uh, get to be the next monarch, then, because uh, we won't know if it's a boy or girl, so that's okay. You know, because the boy won't have the advantage. I think Meghan Markle is a fraud. It's the, the, oh, yes, but damn, she's a good-looking fraud. Uh, (laughs) I I don't hold anything against her. Uh, Because I'm, uh, you know, I watched that horrible show Suits for about two years just to get a peek at Meghan. uh, I think, Pat, you just did an audio curtsy right there. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm, uh, you know, I, I have no problem with Meghan. But the deal is now... When they come to the kid, and they said, okay, the first male, uh, you know, the other family, the other guys, those kids didn't, I don't know, they got caught doing something or something, so they can't be the bar. They come to this kid, are you a boy or girl? And she won't have to tell them. Right. So they just have to make her the royalty. Right. So, okay, or a girl. Okay. A little Thanks. cool in the fort today? Oh, I don't know if I'd call it cool. It's about 78, maybe. Oh. I think I saw a cloud about. Three and a half hours ago. Somewhere. Are you at the ballpark? Yes, I'm at the ballpark. The Fighting Twins against the uh, Red Sox, who did not fill up the stadium. Really? They fill up their own, but apparently they don't want to make the long five-and-a-half-mile drive over here. I was I was a little surprised. I mean, it's a good crowd, but it's not uh, not, not as large. February, these uh, the early spring training, now it's March, but the early spring training doesn't draw as well. Tell me about uh, tell me about Buxton. Should we should we have hopes? Yes, we okay. should have hopes. All right. We shouldn't have certainty, but we should have hopes. All right. We should also have hopes about Miguel, even though the gash in his foot is not uh, yet fully healed, and they made him keep the uh, much to his dismay. They keep made him keep the walking boot on, but uh, he is in better shape. Although I heard that this cut. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, want to complain about Dominican uh, medical facilities because I don't know about it. But uh, apparently, they just stitched her up with twelve stitches and kind of said, "Go get them." Yep. Uh, and it got infected, and uh, somebody told me it looked like a dog bite. Oh boy! Uh, so I mean, it, it it was quite the gouge, and they just you know he he insisted he could be starting to play right now, but they say it's only eighty percent healed mm-hmm. and it's got to be a hundred percent and then for a few more days but he is not as big he's uh but he's solid he looks solid so uh let's uh let's let's hope that he could maybe catch up with a high fastball what has Buxton apparently corrected I think commitment mm-hmm. I don't think he's thinking I think he's seeing a pitch and hacking at it. 
And uh, if he sees a nice fastball to start the at bat, he's hitting it instead of getting himself in that old one count. He just he's it's almost it looks like it's a the hell with it attitude, you know, because mm-hmm. he was always second guessing and triple guessing, and he had people telling him to use a leg kick and all this other crap. And I think he just uh, went back to go up there and take it a hack and uh, getting as much bat speed as he can generate because he doesn't have the naturally quick hands, but he's been very aggressive going after the ball, and I think that's his only hope. Because if he starts thinking, then he starts check swinging and doing all that stuff. He's just got to go up there, and if he sees a pitch he thinks he can reach, uh, go ahead and go after Pat, I'm told that uh, I'm told you have a clock quandary. Boy, is this a problem that perhaps only the mayor could answer. All right. In the in the world of marital marital bliss. Yep. <laughs> okay. The little condo does not have. You walk into the big room and there's you got to go over there and squint at the stove to see what time it is. Right? There's no clock around. <laughs> so the the DA decided about a week before she left. Yeah. To order a clock. Sure. You know, and then the clock was going to be delivered, and then there's a it, it can be mounted in a you know in a obvious place. Sure. Uh, oh God. Right, uh, right on on this beam here, right? Sure. There. I mean, Ooh. whatever the hell it is. So, yeah. and a supposedly whatever's hanging there now, the clock can just be hung there, right? Okay. So, like a day after she left, the clock shows up. Yeah. So I said, hey, the clock showed up. You said so that to who? Just so like I, that. Yeah, the wife. So yeah. I haven't seen her now in two weeks. Yeah. So I'm thinking, it's still in the box, by the way. Of course. Oh, of course. Really? Of course. You're still walking over and squinting think- at the stove. So here's what Yes, yeah, what the hell. Here's what I'm thinking. If I put the clock, if I take it out of the box yep. and put it up there, Yep. Right? Yep. What joy will that be in her life? None. She's expecting it. Yeah. But if I keep it in the box. Right. Think of all the fun she will have aiming her derision at me. Absolutely. For having it still in the box three weeks after it arrived. Absolutely. Keep it in the box yep. just so she can have more fun when she gets back. And, you know, because she's going to walk in, she's going to look around and see what she can demean me about, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But if the box is sitting right there with the clock in it, she doesn't have to search. It's right there. Right there, and it's up to her to hang it. You are basically, yes, yes. Patrick, you but are I, you're providing her with future conversation with you, interaction sure. of some sort. And and when she gets home, she can tell all the relatives about what a lazy guy, what a klutz and a, <laughs> a lazy guy. And I, think that, I think to be generous to her and Show how much I really love her. Yep. I should keep it in the box. I, I think, think that's you know? a very sensitive approach. <laughs> yes, it is. I have a corollary. As I said, you put it on the wall, there's no... Eh, she, then she just says, like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're going to put it in the wrong spot anyway. No, no, yeah, no. I mean, it, it, I think there's only one spot to put it, so I have oh. a hard time screwing it up. I have a there corollary. There's the possibility they open the box and can't figure out how to hang it up. But anyway... <laughs> Here's my, I'm, leaving it, here, I'm leaving it in the box. Here's I'm my corollary. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> One Halloween, the CP was out of town. Yes. And was very near Halloween. I thought, well, I better go get a pumpkin. 
Yes. So I, I went to the Downing's Pumpkin Patch under the Highland Water Tower, yes, and I right. picked out a butte, and then me and Mr. Unbelievable, we yes, drew with a magic marker on there, and then we got out a little saw, and we carved this baby up, and, mm-hmm. and it was looking pretty damn good, and I sent her a picture of it, uh-huh. and she said, where are you going to put it? I said, I, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it. Well, don't put it by the door and don't put it by the steps. You leave it. In other words, she was clearly disappointed that that role of being the pumpkin purveyor had been taken from her. Yes, yes. So, yeah, that, that's it, right? Yeah. Because uh, she, she could not. Uh, you know, she, did, she had a hard time failing to compliment you. Right. Oh, yes, I just would like to know how many eyes that pumpkin had. Did you give it only two <laughs> eyes? You and Mr. Unbelievable about, may have. I think uh, it had three eyes. <laughs> there wasn't any bourbon drank while this was taken. No, no, no. Was there? No, well, not I on my I part. I tried that a couple of times. You know what? I don't like the pumpkin mush in the middle. I, it doesn't do anything. The mush. I hate grabbing that crap and taking it out. Yeah, I had to do I, that. I don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I don't do it. Get a nice plastic one. What yeah. the hell? Yes, uh, Chris. Patrick, uh, one of my favorite stats to come out yesterday, and I know you'll love this. So Bryce Harper Joe signs the 13-year, $330 million contract. I think that's stupid, by the way. I do, too, which Mm -hmm. takes him through, what, 2032. Still Mm -hmm. not going to be longer than Bobby Bonilla's contract with the New York (laughs) Mets. Yes, which was. uh, It reminded me, and I tweeted this out, one of my favorite all-time Andy McPhail quotes, who was more of a quipster than he ever got credit for. Because when the camera was on, he was pretty straight, but he was funny. And uh, so Bobby Bonilla were in spring training in uh, 92. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Bonilla has signed with the Mets in December, the previous December, for a contract when you average it all out with obviously all these future uh, payments was $5.8 million for the length of the contract, which, by the way, with the deferred payments is what? Uh, 2035, right? Uh, yep. Chris? Yep. 2035. He still gets something. But then the next big contract signed was right. The, that was the highest average contract, mm-hmm. right? And the next, the one that broke it was $7.1 million for Ryan, Ryan Sandberg in March, in early March. Mm-hmm. And Andy's quote was, what happened to six? Yeah. <laughs> it always goes up, you know, you go from five billion to six. What happened to six? How do we go from five to seven? Pat, I've given up. I don't understand the economics. I don't know how the Phillies can afford that. Uh, I don't know what's going on either, but uh, they got themselves in a – here's what they did. They got themselves in this position where the owner came out and said, we're going to spend money, and it might be silly money, and – now, all of a sudden, they didn't get Machado, who they thought they were going to get. Everybody thought that that's where they're going to end, he was going to end up. They didn't get him. And now, you know, you know the Philadelphia audience uh, fandom, which can be a little, uh, a little harsh and right. uh, a little cynical, was ready to turn on them uh, if they didn't get Harper. So, But the funny thing is, Harper's average of twenty five point four million is what fourteenth in baseball right now. Jeez. But the whole thing for uh, Boris was to get the most, so three thirty, which is slightly more than uh, Giancarlo Stanton got when he signed with Miami. I thought Machado got the highest contract with San Diego. Well, that was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He got three hundred. No, uh, Giancarlo's 
for total money, Giancarlo's was what three something. And it what was, happened uh, to it, it what happened to three oh six? Right. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It was an extension too, Giancarlo Joe Machado was a, the largest free agent free deal. Okay. Who was the highest paid twin? Now? Yeah, it was Mauer. Well, it's got to be Nelson Cruz. Yeah, well, yeah, fourteen million. Yeah, Nelson Cruz got fourteen million. Hmm. Nelson's got a guy, by the way. Really? He got a guy. Nice guy, but he's got a guy with him. You know, kind of a. I, I don't know who he is. What's his role? What does he do? What do you mean he's got? I think. I, I think if Nelson wants something from across the room, the guy goes and gets it. And we we see a valet once in a while. You mean he's not a partner guy? I think he might be the driver or something. He might be the driver. Okay. You know, and then then he comes in and says hello to the boys and walks around. And, uh, but he's he's a guy. I don't I don't know. He's got a guy. So. All right. He's got a guy. We need a guy. Yeah. You can't be you can't beat having a guy. No. That's true. Twenty eight days till opening day, boys. How'd you like those Northwestern Wildcats last night? Oh. My God. That was something. Well, they stole one on the road, from what I heard earlier. That that's what Coach Patino said. We got to steal one on the road. Yeah, they did steal one on the road. Yeah, that is minor theft. I want to tell you, that's like stealing a stick of bubble, bubble gum that's laying on a sidewalk and calling it theft. Man, were they terrible! Unbelievable. You mean the Wildcats were terrible. The Wildcats. Yeah, were terrible. Gophers were good. Amir Coffee decided to play and. Mm-hmm. He was only like four times better than anybody else on the court, so that uh, that showed. I mean, it was uh, took about four minutes of watching that game to say, "Oh my God, this is Northwestern." You know, there was a time when Northwestern—I can't remember—was in seventies or eighties, but they lost like fifty-one straight road games in Big Ten basketball. Mm-hmm. They were so bad, and they'd gotten a little better with this Chris Collins guy. They're investing a fortune in buildings down there for the athletic department. Some million on mm-hmm. the lake. Mm-hmm. On the what lake. Using, what are they using that good property for? Why don't they put condos over there and rent them out? I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, they, all their new facilities are on the lake. Yeah, or most brutal. of them anyway. Bad, bad, bad idea. So, say, uh, will uh, how are we holding up there? I mean, are we going to make it through this uh, winter? Or it's uh, it's getting a little ridiculous, isn't it? Pat, the high Sunday is two above, and the Twins open here what day? 28 days from today. I don't like their chances. I'm not kidding. I look. Now, the long, long range, which means nothing, says 43. But it doesn't, like, reach the 30s until four days before that. It's going to be cold all month before that. There's not going to be a lot of melting take place. I, I don't know what's going to go on. Well, and now what we have to root for is the slow, gradual melt because we're already being hectored about the flood damage. Yeah, well, you know, when you get this much snow, you're going to get a flood. That's right. What the hell? That's right. What the hell? The sandbags. That's right. You know? <laughs> you know? March 28th they play here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they might be you able to play, you know, but it's going to be 40 degrees. They couldn't schedule it later because the final four is in town. Oh, for God's we got sake. it. We apparently can't do anything the week before the final four arrives. We're all supposed to, like, stay in our homes so these final four early arrivers can drive around without any. We are the most insecure bleeping idiots in the history of bleeping idiot, though. Yeah. What yeah, the you hell? got that right. The final, the final four starts on Thursday with a public workout. Yep. That means you shouldn't schedule anything before 
after Wednesday, okay? Mm-hmm. This idea that you got to clear the deck because of the Final Four is the stupidest thing I ever heard from our insecure jackass uh, organizers. Who's running the damn thing? I don't know, but we're giving them. We, we had to buy $5 million worth of curtains. Yep. So for one half of basketball, there's no sun that might peek through the glass. Right. The way teams, as rotten as college basketball is right now, you might as well let them shoot with the sun in their eyes. It's <laughs> terrible. Brutal. Will, uh, will Loyola of Chicago make the field, do you think? Nah, they might not even make the field. They might have to win the tournament. But hmm. yeah, they're like second in that league. But let them in because of last year. The nun's still alive, for God's Yeah, sake. bring let the nun up in. here. We want the nun. Bring back the nun. All right, son, thank you. Also, by the way, she's 93, which is pretty much average age for a nun, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Talk to you uh, next okay. week. The clock stays in the box. Uh, the clock stays that. in the box. I think you're making the right call. Okay. All hey, right. Pat, you know that clock? Yeah. What kind is it? Oh, it's about 2.30. <laughs> That's the guy that goes to the hearing aid. He said, I just paid four grand for a hearing aid. And his buddy says, Harold, what kind is it? He said, it's about 2.30. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389, 800-967-3389, The Canopy Group. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a Ph.D., Joe Souchere. Our old buddy Tom Wilson. Uh, linked me to a great story. He said, regarding your discussion today, meaning yesterday, about not praising one for doing what, what is the right thing to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. Remember that? We, we were talking about that. Yeah, uh, honest locks are for honest people or that kind of stuff, right? You find a bag of money with Acme bag on it, you got to take it to the bank. Yep. You know, but we, we as a culture, we've devolved into uh, suddenly uh, turning that person into a hero. There's no heroism involved. They, they just did the, what they're supposed to do. So uh, Tom linked me to this piece about uh, uh, Bobby Jones, the great golfer. Mm -hmm. More than 80 years after Bobby Jones' ball barely budged, the story is still told to show golf is a game of honor. The great amateur was competing in the 1925 U.S. Open when, unbeknownst to anyone but himself, Jones' ball moved ever so slightly as he addressed it in the rough. Okay. 
There were no uh, referees to call a foul, no officials to slap him with a penalty. Jones' playing companion, Walter Hagen, did not see the infraction, nor did his caddy or any spectators. The tournament title hung in the balance, but when the round was completed, it soon became known that Jones had assessed himself a one-stroke penalty. The ball moving did not help him any, nor was it any great violation. But it happened, and those are the rules. So Jones thought nothing of it. That stroke cost him outright victory, and he went on to lose a 36-hole playoff to Willie McFarlane. Uh, Afterward, when sports writer O.B. Keeler sought to applaud Jones for his sportsmanship, the golfer implored him to not even write about it. You might as well praise me for not robbing banks, Jones said. <laughs> okay. Well, they're, they're, that's wow. what we're talking about. Wow. You might as that's well praise exactly. me for not robbing banks. Well, it makes me better. It makes me feel better that he didn't lose any money there. He just lost the championship because he was an amateur, so there wasn't any money involved. Well, in 1925, no, it was yeah, he was an amateur competing in the 20, 1925 U.S. Open. Okay. Didn't Bobby remain an amateur his whole career? Oh, he did? I yeah, did he not never was that. a pro. Oh. He never was a pro. Got it. All right. Uh, oh, we were talking about blue line stories, too. Blue line, green line, light rail stories, uh, because we learned yesterday that there's so much smoking on the on the trains right. that the uh, Met, uh, Metropolitan Transit is going to have to put uh, plain clothes people on there it's to like try to stop it. And, reefer madness on the rails. And I got a couple of Ryan writes the stories I could tell about what I've seen in the blue line. My favorite is the fellow at three in the afternoon who clearly had been drinking for a while. He was very chatty with the girls. And at one point when the train jerked to a stop, the 16 ouncer that was open and in his pocket fell out and landed on the floor. Without batting an eye, he simply reached down and picked it up, took a sip and stuck it back in his pocket. I'm sure he paid for a ticket. Oh, yeah, Another yeah. time a guy fell out of his wheelchair because he was so wasted and the chair rock back and forth between the doors every time the train took a turn. <laughs> Metro-, <laughs> Metro Transit does not need undercover officers. They need full-time police officers on every train all the time. It's a joke. Uh, Randy writes, smoking, vaping? <laughs> I saw a dude snorting a line of something off no. the windowsill on a light rail train. I had gone on at the airport and got off at the Bloomington American Boulevard stop. Uh, yes, that's just two stops, and yes, I paid. Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. Am I going to get in trouble for saying what I said off the air about that thing to you earlier before the show started? Would I get in trouble for that? I don't remember. Give me another clue to what you said. Uh, that it it's it's housing essentially in the winter. Oh, you tent. you won't you won't get in trouble for that because you're speaking essentially the truth. Well, and, and I, it was a firsthand account when I I mentioned this yesterday when I wrote it uh, after getting home from the airport in the winter time. The light rail essentially just becomes a homeless shelter. Which is unfortunate for those people that they need that shelter. It but, is, yeah. But that's, not, that's the fate of life, that, I think. That's essentially what that thing has become. Oh, it's an entitlement program. We have a stop right out here in front of our building. When you yep. watch it go by, yep. that's that's what it is. Right. My friend that works at the airport occasionally will have to assist people uh, getting to Terminal 1, mm-hmm. and um, among other things. But Does he, your friend work at the at the other one? He works at Terminal Two. Well, how do you help him get? How do they? How does your light friend rail. light rail? They'll, I see. they'll bring him over to the light rail station at Terminal Two, and they Throw take a ride there. to one. Yeah, yeah. shove him on there. And there are. It looks like a Motel Six uh, at night. Really? At night, seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. There's a lot of people that are just sleeping on the train. trying to stay warm. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm not faulting anybody. No, you watch right. watch that population decline in the summer. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's hardly any people on it in the mm-hmm. summertime. Mm-hmm. Well, we're fact-based. Yeah, fact-based means what? Pilot Mike from Wisconsin. Joe, the video of that jet doing a roll is a fake. I've done a lot of aerobatics in small planes. The air... Ailerons and spoilers are out on the top of both wings. Neat video, though. Been listening for over 20 years. Love the show and the new podcast format. Format. Thanks, uh, Mike. That's uh, that. Remember, I directed you to watch the plane landing in a typhoon. So it was altered in the Philippines. I guess. I guess you know. I am naive, aren't I? You can do anything with technology. Sure, and I usually am a cynic in that regard, but I fell for it. Well, it here, looked real to me. Yeah, but I, you can see the air ailerons. Is that how you say it? They're they're. The flaps were down, and apparently, he's what he's telling us is you can't, you can't uh, do a barrel roll with the flaps down. I don't know what he's saying, but I believe I be, Look at this. This is. I don't uh, know yeah, how. Yeah. I, well, is that exhaust? There's no way. I don't know. That thing is too big. I don't know. I don't know. And he does the flaps are. I'm going to take Mike's word for it. He's a pilot. He's a okay. pilot. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, now we're all going to keep watching the no, video. No, I'm getting rid of it right now. Here's fact based. <laughs> Boy, this is from Andrew. Our, our people really give it to us when we deserve it, don't okay, they? Okay, we'll ta- we'll t- we take it, though. We, Dear Mayor, hmm. I need to correct something that I heard on the 228 podcast. Uh-oh. That would have been yesterday. Oh, which one of us? An emailer wrote in likening elected officials having a snowball fight while the city roads were impassable to Nero fiddling as Rome burned. While it is commonly believed that Nero fiddled while Rome burned, that is not the case. Why? Because Rome burned in 64 A.D., while the fiddle would not be invented until the 10th century. So while Nero may have plucked a sathara, a harp-like instrument, while Rome burned, he most certainly did not fiddle. Oh, boy. Andrew from Rochester. Thank you. Is that one that's just kind of a common phrase? Fiddled while Rome burned? Is that... Uh, Jeff from Brooklyn Park says, in the late 60s, he's referencing the kids in uh, Fine Stein's office. Mm -hmm. In the late 60s, I met and shook hands with Hubert H. Humphrey in front of the Target store in Crystal, Minnesota. I was eight years old. I made no demands. By the way, I, I, I think I sent a few of them to you guys. We literally have received hundreds, and I'm not exaggerating, of emails from people saying, don't ever play those kids again. That's how irritated it made me. No, people. in fact, I got an email today from a guy who said, you got to groin uh, kick the teacher. And I, I I, can't take it. I can't listen to that again. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. That's just a funny sound. got sounder. a new button. <clears throat> it's a funny sounder. So so I don't want to listen to it again in order to groin kick her, but he's right. We should have groin kicked We should her. have groin. Yeah, we, we but can't I can't, play it again to I do cannot that. play it again. I can't take no, it. I can't Maybe we'll that. just give it the uh, uh, one of these. That deserves this. <laughs> mm. Joe, I enjoyed the podcast yesterday, meaning Feb 28. One thing drives me nuts and has all my life. Senator Dianne Feinstein's last name is pronounced Feinstein, not Feinstein. In the German language, E-I is pronounced E-Y-E, and I-E is pronounced E-E. Hindsight being perfect, if I were the senator, I would have asked the kids, who taught you this nonsense? Don't be afraid. There is no way the earth is going to end in 12 years. That's just stupid. God made this world and it has been doing just fine for billions of years. We humans are tinier than a flea on a puppy's back and have virtually no effect on the earth's climate. So don't worry. No matter what your teachers say, you are safe. Of course, that wouldn't work, but we have to try. Bill Stein. 
He probably would know. Well, here's the, it was Stu who said that that first grade teacher, whatever she graded was, she deserves a groin kick. Now, Stu, we can't listen to it again. <laughs> we can't listen to it again. I can't. I can't. It, it, it's so hard to listen to it that really I can't is. do it again. And it becomes increasingly more irritable the more mm-hmm. often you hear it. Do you think it will appear again? Not this video. Do you think that style, do you think she'll be confronted by other classes or teachers? Who, Feinstein's? Yes. Do you think that will? Sure. I don't just think, because this has gone viral. I think the behavior of those kids is typical. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything unusual about right. it. That's why it's so disconcerting, depressing, dispiriting, and depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Matura, our chef out in Montana, mm-hmm. uh, he included in his uh, uh, necessities for traveling in the winter. Yeah. He he uh, it, uh, said he carries a hundred dollar bill. Yep. And one of you two morons was wondering, well, why Me. in the hell would he carry? Was it you? Yeah. Why would he carry a hundred dollar bill? I was just curious. And he said, uh, per my survival kit in my car, the one hundred dollar bill has arguably more uses than anything else in the car: a tank of gas. Food, water, some purchase of something in a store pertinent to your dilemma, a payment for a ride somewhere, an Uber, a Lyft, a tow truck, etc. It's insurance. You may not be able to identify its use in a non-emergency, but when you recognize you need it, you're you're glad you had it. Hmm. Does he ever make food? All he does is send emails. Well, he's a loyal. Uh, Make loyal us something mystery. and send it over there. You know, uh, I got Scotty. one final thought too. Amazon. I don't know where to be on this. Uh, Reber's and I were talking yeah. about this before the start of today's podcast. Do you remember the guy uh, out in Colorado, Fort Ly- uh, Fort Collins, who uh, is Travis Kaufman, mm-hmm. uh, and he fought off the mountain oh, lion? Yeah. And we were wondering, uh, you know, what was the size of that? Mountain? There were a lot of questions. You know, what was what his was age? All the sorts yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Well, the. Uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife Vets, uh, veterinarians in Fort Collins uh, did a necropsy, a necropsy on the, uh, on the, uh, okay. the, the c- mountain lion, the uh, uh, mountain lion. It was a kitten. Mm. Yeah. It uh, weighed 24 pounds. No. <laughs> 24 pounds. Uh, however, the animal was heavily, heavily, heavily scavenged in officials estimate Estimated the animal's live weight was 35 to 40 pounds. Uh, the report listed the animal in fair condition with no diseases noted. According to the necropsy, blood staining of the scavenged tissues suggests the scavenging took place paramortem, meaning taking place or at around the time of death. I don't know what that means. Does that mean some other animals came along and were uh, feasting on Probably the dead mountain lion? The necropsy went on to say the pattern of scavenging is reminiscent of feline predation. One identifiable set of teeth marks in the dead animal matched the size of the dead animal's teeth, likely indicating the dead lion was partially eaten by its siblings, which is lion behavior. Jeez. But, you know, when you call it a kitten. Right. Yeah, it's like, like it's playing with a ball of yarn. You know? <laughs> right. You're kidding. You know, I'm, I'm not going to back off. I still think the guy, uh, you know. Good for him. I don't want to be attacked by a kitten or a or a big. Lion. How heavy was it? Well, at the time of the necropsy, it weighed twenty four pounds, but they figured it might have weighed thirty five to forty pounds. You really like that, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. Well, it's got the little bell and it's yeah, neck. right. It's got the yeah, little kitty, uh, kitty, kitty, kitty. the little bone that's played. Get you yard. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what are you gonna? Do? What are you gonna? Do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? All right, where are you going to take them? 
I don't know. I'm You're not, gonna take him to Grove Go see Craig at the Grove you mentioned, I'll tell you that. Go see the. Uh, I don't. Know. How about to the bees? Take him to the bees. What are the bees? Apple bees. I don't know. Come on. No. Good. It's cool because the Burnsville oh, one Stacey, looks just like Stacey, the Apple Stacey, Valley Stacy, the GL geologist, large earthquake in Peru again should be considered an aftershock. Shock 7.0, southern Peru. This is dated today, March 1st, 2019, 6.40 a.m. from Stacy Larson, Garage Logics geologist. So Mother's uh, really been rumbling, really rumbling. Mm. And there's nothing, not a damn thing we can do about it. Uh, I'm done. Is that it for you? <laughs> I'm done. He's, call, he's calling it, folks. He's just calling it. He's got to go home and, and uh, space manage. And the only thing you're worried about right now, where is he going to eat? Where is he going to eat? Later you're thinking about that all night. Got all night to think about that. I think tonight I might crack open a bottle at, uh, uh, might be some, a good bourbon night, huh? Well, you have to work, or your friend does. Yeah, my friend at the airport has to work tonight at Terminal 2. Yeah. So he's got to wait. Hey, Come don't on. end yet. Don't end yet. Oh. Okay, let's bring her down. Sorry, Acu- people. It's not no, like no, I don't, don't want to leave It's not like yet. you've ruled. We can undo it. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're, wait, we're not done. Okay. This is all, folks, this is all bonus garage logic. This is bonus podcast yes. material. AccuWeather projects a higher frequency of severe weather risk in the traditional tornado alley this season. The states to be impacted the most will include Oklahoma, Kansas, and parts of Texas and Nebraska. Popular weather vendor AccuWeather took the meteorological community by storm Tuesday, releasing a specific outlook for the 2019 tornado season. AccuWeather predicts there will be 1,075 tornadoes. How do you predict 1,000? Let's keep this and okay. uh, see if we can keep it uh, in the file. Keep it. Uh, I don't know how you can predict 1,075 tornadoes. You don't. They don't know. Mm-hmm. You know who we need to catch up with? Our buddy David. David Dahl? Yeah. Yeah. We got to have him on. But isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the hysteria is now uh, advanced to the field of prediction. Mm. That's not science. Right. Uh, they don't, based on what? 1,075 based on what? Your theory. That's Bummer. like saying, I think the Rams are going to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if you're wrong. Right. Right. It's just, yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Is this the real call yeah, now? This so. is the double call? Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. Space management. All rules apply. Park your car wherever it lands in Garage Logic, right? Oh, that's right. All right. GarageLogic.com. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes. Apple iTunes. GarageLogic.com. You'll find one nice long, instead of two, you're going to find just one clip for the podcast in the future. Makes your listening a little bit easier. So check it out. Also... Your garage wood? Where do they send the garage wood, Reeves? They can all either email or just tag the GL Podcast Twitter account in it, and I'll save them and add them to the file. We like to tag in the Twitter account, at GL Podcast, at GL Podcast. Speaking of podcasts, check out on Apple iTunes or Podcast One, Table Talk with Rookie's Family, a new one out this weekend. Enjoy your weekend throwing snow. Garage Logic podcast version closing out. We'll see you again. Blowing snow or throwing? Are you going to do more?